0: If you look at what you plan to do for the day, you want to ask yourself, if I do all of these things today, will I end the day feeling accomplished and whole? And usually it's all work. And so what we do is we do the most important things and then we're like, oh, I should have did more. I'll do more tomorrow. And you set yourself up to never feel good about yourself. And so the way that you shift that is to say that each day, we want to chase joy every single
1: day. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Sewa Ajay And welcome to episode 126 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for their business success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. In today's episode, we meet Dr. Ty Caldwell Harvey, a licensed psychologist who focuses on the mental health of entrepreneurs and professional black women. Through her platform, The Black Girl Doctor, she shares tools and strategies that have helped thousands of women thrive in the workplace. During our conversation, Dr. Ty gives us some powerful tips we can use to address many of the difficult experiences we're facing today, such as learning how to communicate with our teams after major social events, how to create boundaries so we feel comfortable turning off at the end of each workday rather than constantly working, how to protect and reinforce our romantic relationships, how to do a mental health self-check, and so much more. Before we hear the rest of our session with Dr. Ty, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate and review our show on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts. This will help to spread the word about our show so amazing stories like Dr. Ty's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. If this episode has inspired you to launch a business, the She's Off Script podcast also has a membership community to help you launch and grow your business with resources and coaching. Join our Boss Off Script community today by going to sewa at jpele.com forward slash community. With that, let's go off script with licensed psychologist Dr. Ty Caldwell Harvey. Dr. Ty, welcome to She's Off Script. Thank you for being here.
0: Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited.
1: So for anyone who hasn't come across you yet, could you share who you
0: are and what you do? Absolutely. So I am a licensed psychologist and the founder of The Black Girl Doctor. So we are a virtual therapy practice and we specialize in working with and supporting the mental health and wellness of professional Black women specifically. I think about um, professional Black women as those who are working in corporate America or creatives or entrepreneurs that are securing the bag while also trying to live their best life, which I like to think of as really being excited about the life that you get to wake up and live and experience joy along the way. Uh, I think that that is a, it's a universal struggle, but the way that it shows up in the lives of Black women is very different. And so we have a team of Black women doctors who are incredibly amazing that I feel very fortunate to work with, who specialize in working with this population. And we do therapy, uh, one-on-one therapy, we do couples therapy. And then on the other side, because it's really important that we're not just out here teaching Black folks how to deal with injustice. We do corporate programming. So we um, work with companies and try to help them make the workspace healthier for Black people.
1: As you mentioned, for many Black women, the pursuit of that perfect life for them shows up in different ways. And I would say the struggle to get there also takes a different toll. And for many of us right now, we are living and working in a new paradigm. Co-working spaces have shut down. Some office spaces are going virtual now. And we're working from home while homeschooling. We're doing a lot. So as a mental health expert who is working a lot with Black women within the professional space, what are some of the common themes you've been seeing come out over the past year?
0: Yeah. So this past year has been really, really hard. And so... Our like so, our practice has been virtual since before the pandemic. This is just the way we wanted to reach our population—busy women, right? And so it was great that we were set up to capture it. But what it, what we, were, what we saw was just the a huge spike in terms of increase in distress and just sadness. I think overwhelming sadness when you think about like violence against Black bodies and just the attention paid to all of the, the protests and the way that Black folks were are being traumatized. I think the biggest impact back when, after the murder of George Floyd, was how the media constantly played that video over and over again. And so as a psychologist, we are not supposed to see that. You are not supposed to see murder, right, And of someone that looks like you. And so what's happening, what it is called is vicarious trauma. And it's when You might as well have been there and that been happening to you. So, you know, like you think about the impact of someone that's witnessed to a crime or like a murder scene, like that is a special situation that person usually gets support. But what happened when the media kind of saturated the market like that? Like we just saw our people being vicariously traumatized and having reactions to that. Right. And people like having, you know, like nightmares and just, you know, just, Pain and sadness, depression, anxiety, and you know it's interesting when you think about the people that were already in therapy, just like trying to keep it together. It's hard out here, <laughs> and then we see people like. Get, typically, you see people get better, and then this happened, and we saw a lot of people like kind of. Decline. And then we did a lot of work with just like this is really talking about the difference between being unwell and having a healthy reaction to something that is traumatizing. Those are a little bit different, and so when bad things happen, a healthy mind will respond by experiencing pain. And so it's, we did a lot of work with helping folks cope with the pain that they were experiencing that was actually really helpful for us all the experience.
1: I feel like that's something key to hone in on, that it's okay to feel the pain and it's okay to be impacted when something so massive like you know, social injustice or a pandemic happens. For a lot of our audience members, they're either running a business on the side while working in corporate America, or they are really new to entrepreneurship. So on both sides of the coin, how would you encourage people within the corporate space who are managers to talk to their people when something so impactful is happening in the social landscape because I think we see a lot of joking about I went back to work and it was as though nothing had happened. People, no one was really addressing it.
0: Yeah, it's this invisibility, right? It's kind of like, am I living in the twilight zone? And I think I, I had a lot of conversations just like you were this is actually happening. You are not making this up. Black people are being murdered. We're in a pandemic and then you're at work and everyone's pretending like everything's normal. It's not you, right? So I think one, the acknowledgement is really important. But when you think about managers, I think a a lot of what I see happening is that when people don't know what to say, they don't say anything. And I think that that is not a good approach, right? I think when you don't know what to say, one, get some support, get some consultation to figure out how to say something. But in the interim, what you can always do is comment on your process. And so, to be able to say, all of this has happened. I don't really know how to. I'm I'm struggling with finding a way to support the team. I want you to just know that I acknowledge this, and I'm figuring, I'm figuring something out. Even doing something like that is vastly different from just ignoring it and saying, "Oh, is that report going to be to me on Monday?" Black women, you know, the the community that listens to this podcast, we're used to making miracles happen. And so, despite all of this stuff happening, you're still, we're still producing. Right, but we're not okay. And I think that what a manager can do is, is relief, provide some relief to the pressure to constantly perform at the same level. And so it's not enough just to say, I, I see that everyone must be hurting. I want to acknowledge everyone must be hurting. But then you need to be able to give something. Right. So it, it's not just, oh, yes, let's take a moment and process. Like, so what are we not doing so that I can process? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Because now you're putting an extra burden on me on top of producing like I usually produce. And I I have to say, I I would say the same sentiment probably still applies to business owners who are managing vendors, business owners who are managing teams. I was recently talking to a client who was talking about how she was, I think, in labor and vendors were still expecting things from her, calls from her. So I, I just... I think it's important that we, we are human beings before we are business owners and before we are managers. So I would say within that same vein, when you're having the conversations with your people as a manager and things are not coming across, sometimes I as the person being managed can probably help to facilitate. So what are some ways that I, as a team member, can manage up to my boss, to the owner of the company, to kind of clue them into the fact that, hey, you probably need to change something around here.
0: Yeah. So I want to, I'll acknowledge, maybe and talk about them a little bit separately, like saying you're, you're managing up to someone that your boss that has is kind of, there's a, there's a power dynamic there, right? Versus when you're a vendor or like you're an entrepreneur and you're providing a service, like it's still someone that you're reporting to because you're providing a service, but it's different. If you work for yourself, you make these decisions, right? And so I think on, on that side, when you're, you know, providing a service to, to someone as, as the vendor, I think it's really important that you take responsibility to assert your boundaries, right? And then you know, and then and expect them to fall in line, right? And that may not happen, but that is the boundary that needs to be cut up. And so, you know, companies can... People email me and my corporate clients email me all times of the night, but that doesn't mean I'm answering. <laughs> but it is a, it has to be intentional because I see it. And I, it's not like I don't check my email all times of the night. <laughs> it is that I'm being intentional and saying, this is my boundary. Like I'm taking time off and I, or, or, or I'm taking you know, I, I respond in this time where I need space to process or whatever, or I'm having a baby, right? And so that I think can be directly communicated to say, I received your, like, you know, at a, when it's the appropriate time again, right? Like I see your message, just want to let you know, I'm, you know, I'll be unavailable between, between this time and that time. And you don't have necessarily going into detail, but just setting hard boundaries. And I think what it does is it, it sets the tone of the relationship for you and that partner ongoing. And so don't, in the beginning, don't be like so responsive right away. And you constantly take control of it. And I think a lot of the times we, we respond to things and we have made a lot of assumptions of what we have to do. And it's like, Oh, if I don't respond, they're going to fire me. If I don't respond, because we're operating as if that's what's going to happen. You don't actually know like, are they? are they really? And so if you set the tone from the beginning, I think a lot of, a lot of us are surprised at what actually happened. And in terms of just like in kind of an organization, I think that I want to just acknowledge the power dynamic and how it's it's a a vulnerable position to be in, to be able to say, Hey, I need something, or I need support, or this is not a reasonable request. So acknowledging that, but I do think that you can kind of map it out and I like to think about it as to just kind of say hey I have this 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 on my plate and I'm having a hard time with this like this is something that I you know can can we move this out so just making a suggestion like so I have time to process and so you're being you're making a an ask while stating that what they're asking for is ridiculous.
1: (laughs) Mm. I know I love the threads that go around like what is corporate speak for one two and three for example. (laughs) Like, how do I say you sound crazy right now, but exactly. <laughs> but make it corporate. And I would say the same applies when you're running a business as well, because you want to appear and be professional in, the deal, in your dealings with your clients and your vendors at the same time. But I like what you said about making it a suggestion and letting people know what you need. Right now, as I mentioned, it, it is a different time. And I've talked to people who feel like they're having a hard time just shutting down So when it comes to work hours, for example, what are some tools that we can put in place so that we can bring work to a natural end, even though we're working from home?
0: Yes. So... The pull, well, yeah, the pull to just work constantly is is has grown. I feel like most professional working women were doing this already. They were just, there was a break, and then they were they were going home and then pulling out their laptops and working some more. But now it's even worse because then you can work through the commute and you can keep working all night long, and, and it's just it's all encompassing. And so I really think some strategies that I've seen that have been effective. Well, what I will say, nothing works for everybody. The same thing doesn't work for everybody. And so the goal is to identify strategies. And even if you think it's ridiculous, just try it. And if it works, keep doing it. If it doesn't work, try something else. And I think the goal is that you don't give up. I think a lot of times what happens is someone's like, oh, I tried to do that. I tried to meditate and that didn't do anything. So then they just go back to being... A workaholic and doing nothing. And it's like, no, <laughs> you have to keep trying something and sometimes trying things a couple of times to see if it sticks. But I'll throw a couple things out. So, one is to plan for the natural breaks. So, I will say, and plan something that you look forward to. So, even if it's something like you take a walk at, you know, 6 p.m. with your partner right? And so it's y'all do your 30 minute walk. And so it is a forced movement to like get up and go do something. I think also sometimes when you have something to look forward to, it makes you focus a little bit more in the day. So it isn't that you you don't, you don't actually have till midnight because, oh I got till six and then I got to do that thing. Right. And so you kind of will push it out a little faster, kind of keep you more focused. So planning things, I will also say, so this sounds really strange, but I know people that are doing a fake commute. And so they're like, I will put my laptop in my bag, (laughs) Ah. get up, like go walk around the block (laughs) and then come back in, take my jacket back off. And then, okay, now I'm home. Right. And so Ah. it is literally like a mind reset. Right. And so it's funny. It sounds silly, but those kind of things actually trigger your brain. Like you're in a different part of your day.
1: Got it. But does that also require that you have a designated workspace at home?
0: Not real. I mean, so if you can have a designated workspace, that's great, right? I know, I know that's not possible for everybody, but if you do, great. I've seen some amazing people who have transformed their closets into offices. <laughs> so, if you, okay. if you look on i recorded this show office. in a closet
1: before, so I can see that.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, for, when I heard it, I was like, closet office, and then I saw some pictures, and I was like, Oh, that's actually not bad. (laughs) It requires a little bit of space in the closet. But otherwise, I I think if you you create a work environment wherever that is. So if the kitchen table is your workspace, like maybe it is set up a certain way for the workday and then put the runner back out, right? And put some candles on the table and it is no longer the workspace after that. I will say that I will. And I always think about folks of color. We are the most creative people ever. And it is how we have survived like trauma after trauma and all of these things. And so I really encourage people to tap into your ability to be creative, to create something out of nothing. And I think that is something that we are all capable of doing.
1: Other than that, I would say a lot of our audience members are moms as well. And even myself as a mom, I would say there's even more increased mom guilt because your kids are there, they see you working. And then when the school day for some reason ends at 2.30, you're like, you still have a few more hours of work left. And so how do you manage the guilt and perhaps manage the expectation of your kids to, to have all of you during the workday?
0: Yeah, yeah. So these are like hard and, you know, near impossible questions, right? But I will say one to acknowledge that like, this is hard, right? So there is no, if I were doing it right, I wouldn't feel this way. That is not true. And I think that that is kind of maybe the hugest mind, the mindset shift that needs to happen. Because what happens if you're operating under the assumption that there's a right way to do it, that every time you feel you don't feel good about it, you're telling yourself you're doing it wrong. Right. And you've literally set yourself up to never feel okay with what's happening. And it's just it's all based on a faulty assumption, a faulty logic that you're operating off of. So I really encourage you to shift that to there's probably no way I'm going to not feel guilty about working while my kids want me in the other room. <laughs> that isn't <laughs> yeah. <I mean>, that's <laughs> just not that. happening. <laughs> right. Yep. And separating feeling from fact and being able to do that, right? So it's about a decision that you're making, not if it, not just what's going to make me feel better. It's like, what is the truth? The truth is I need to work. This is a crappy situation that we're in this pandemic and I have to do it like this. My best case scenario is to distract the kids with this while I do this and I have to deal with the discomfort, right? And so not telling yourself that you can't handle discomfort. But I think A lot of us are uncomfortable right now. And that is a reality of the situation that we're in.
1: Hmm. Another dynamic I think that's interesting to talk about is romantic relationships with partners. And we've heard the divorce statistics coming out of this past year. And already, I would say Black women who are a little bit more educated, who are a little bit more powerful, I would say tend to have issues when it comes to relationships with that dynamic. So that probably has been shifted to a different level. So what advice do you have, if any, for women, Black women, as they're really hyper-focused on building businesses and building careers to maintain healthy romantic relationships as well?
0: Yeah, I will say one. So I I will say in addition to the divorce statistics that we're seeing, (laughs) I will also say that we are seeing couples get stronger together in this environment. And so I don't want to negate that. And I think a lot. And I also just want to highlight I think it's really interesting how most of the black women probably that are listening to this right now have beat the statistics in terms of what is expected of somebody. Like we're talking about, you know, like I know like this community, like that is always like, you were the best at this. You were in the top X percent of this. You did all of these things. And then when it comes to relationships, sometimes I think we tend to say like, oh, if 50% of relationships fail, mine's not going to work. And I'm like, You've never been in the bottom 50% before ever in anything. Why is that the assumption here? Right. And so I think to say that we are seeing, you know, I don't know what the statistics are in turn. I don't know if there's any data yet. And like, how many relationships are stronger because of this? Right. But anecdotally, we're seeing this. If we're looking at that and we're saying, hey, 20% of relationships actually thrived in this environment like the thought for our folks should be like oh i'm going to be in that 20 like how am i going to get myself in that 20 and that's the way we think about everything else right so we want to stay consistent with our expectations of ourselves but then just in terms of relationships i would say making sure that it remains a priority. And that might look a little bit different, but I think that to look at your schedule and say like, where have I blocked out time for my partner? And so one of the things, you know, I started doing in my marriage is, you know, a certain day of the week, like at a certain time, like in the evening, like, okay, Tuesdays from seven to at seven o'clock, nobody gets to work anymore. And we're like doing something together right? And so it's just setting up whatever that looks like. And for some people, maybe that's every other week. Maybe it's like once a month, we block off a day. It it can look different to fit your life. But even if it's like, you know, on one day a week, we like hide in our room and watch a movie together from the kids, right? (laughs) Give them their tablet. We'll watch our movie. (laughs) And whatever that looks like, but actually being intentional. And so I always say, like like planning and like your to-do list is usually big, you know, for professional women. And I always say that that list really needs to include like your self-care and your time for your family and your loved ones and everything. So if you look at what you plan to do for the day and like, you want to ask yourself, like, if I do all of these things today, will I end the day feeling accomplished and whole? Right. And usually when I look at anybody's task list before we start this work, it's all work. Right. And it's impossible. And it's not enough time to do any of it. Well, not most of it. And so what we do is we do the most important things. And then we're like, oh, I should have did more. I'll do more tomorrow. And like you move everything over to the next day. Right. And it's kind of like you set yourself up to never feel good about yourself. Right. And so I think the way that you shift that is to say that each day we want to chase joy every single day. So you need a moment, whatever that looks like every single day where you have this rush of endorphins, where you smile really big or laugh really hard at something. And if you're not having that every day, like we're not doing this right. And so we need to adjust what our plan is for the day. So it includes that. And I think when you do that and you look at your week, you know, like, your relationship should be a part of this. Like, have I planned out a week where I'm going to feel like I prioritize my relationship? And usually the answer is no. And then you go back, re replan. <laughs> so you're like, okay, this will work for me. And I'll acknowledge that that always usually means you will have to do less of something else.
1: Yeah, there are only so many hours in the day. But I love that you said you have to chase joy every single day. You have to allot time for that. And if it's not on your to-do list, you have to reprioritize. Aside from that, now we are dealing with a lot. And I wonder if there are good and bad coping mechanisms or any that you would recommend in order to help us reset. I know earlier you would mentioned meditation. And for some people, therapy is a foreign concept, much less meditation. So what are some examples you can throw out there so people can try until they find something that works for them?
0: Yeah, so... I will say definitely 100%, we need to be doing things intentionally to chase joy. And I will say right now, so what's, what we are all experiencing right now is a traumatic experience. This is living through a trauma and it's a prolonged trauma, right? So, any definition, any clinical definition of trauma, we're in it, right? So- <laughs> And it doesn't matter if you don't want to be in it. It doesn't matter if you think you're fine. You're living through a traumatic experience. And so some people come out of that fine. And some people statistically will not be okay. And long-term they will develop, you know, a decline in their mental health, which means like they might end up with depression, like a a severe depression, might end up with severe anxiety, might end up with post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. And these are things that, you know, we may be genetically more predisposed to or not for lots of different reasons, right. Whether we have Resources, etc. So that's kind of something that we actually can't control. But what we do know about trauma experiences, from just looking at past traumatic experiences, even like from Hurricane Katrina and other things, we know that what buffers the impact, so what gives you a fighting chance, is self care and the. And it's so interesting, but literally scientifically, that is the thing. Like your ability to. Take care of yourself and infuse joy into your life on a daily basis is the thing that will stack the deck in your favor to prevent you from having some of those longer term effects. Right. So I think about in this time right now, what I'm telling everybody is that it is not about wanting to feel good. It's not about indulging in yourself. It's not about self-care is trendy. This is about survival and protecting yourself. And so if you want to protect your mind, which we all want to protect our mind, we need to do this out of necessity. So it's like, it's not because you, and I think a lot of the times we don't want to in the times that we're in, like it is It's hard right now. It's kind of depressing to be experiencing all of this, and like the monotony of the days. And it's this is hard. And so the last thing usually you want to do when you're bored and annoyed and sad and upset is to go take a bubble bath. I mean, you might think it, but you're like, I mean, I don't have time for that. (laughs) Although you do, because you're bored. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to stay in my bed and hide from it all. Or it's not, I think a lot of folks are like, I don't feel like doing those things. And really my challenge is like, that doesn't actually matter. Like you need to do them because this is like, think about it as like medicine, as a prescription to protect yourself from like what is ahead. So when I say it, and then I'll say that, and and then some things that you can do, you want to laugh. So what makes you laugh? So like checking out, like I have my favorite comedians, I frequent their social media pages way more often, watching comedy specials that are coming out, watching Black shows that are joyful. Not, It's probably not the time to be watching all the stories about Black trauma, like movies mm-hmm. and stuff. <laughs> there yeah. are a lot of great shows that just depict like black culture and life and things that like make you like see yourself reflected in a healthy way like on on media i think like obviously engaging your senses so taking baths doing listening to music is actually really great so you can have your go-tos so i have my days where like my gospel is my thing and then i have days where i like to do my trap music whatever Mm -hmm. it is (laughs) whatever
1: whatever the mood calls for (laughs)
0: Yes, music is healing. There's actually a lot of research around rhythm and beats being healing particularly more impactful actually for Black folks based on our our history. So also I will say connecting with friends and family. So I know that's also a doozy right now because of the pandemic, but what I see is a lot of folks like, like kind of pulling away from community in a lot of these times, but what's actually, what can be really helpful is to intentionally call someone you haven't talked to in a long time. It's like an old friend and just have a good catch up call. Even if in the moment you don't feel like doing it, like do it anyways, because you know, these are the things that are good for your soul. Right. And you want to check in with yourself. Like, did I feel better after I did that? And it's like, "Hmm, yeah, actually I did. Or and sometimes it does. It's not like, oh, I took a bath and now I'm a hundred percent better, but you actually want to know if like The thing that you did made you feel one level a little bit better. And if it did, that's a good thing. And then we want to keep doing those things. So what we know is that being happy isn't about the sustained period of I'm happy all of the time. It's about having moments of joy. So if it brought you joy for a few moments, that is a positive and you want to keep doing those. And that actually compounds over time and leads to you like having a more happier life. Sustained joy all day is a little unrealistic in the time that we're in right now. does <laughs> it mean you shouldn't be chasing the like you
1: absolutely should be. Hmm. So another thing I know about us as, as Black women is that we're driven, a lot of us are driven to succeed and to see success. And maybe that's, we've traditionally gotten joy from seeing the fruits of our labor and hustling, really. And sometimes the hustle becomes a mask for what is truly going on underneath that we don't want to deal with. And I think this is a prime time for that to start happening again. So how do you know if you are working because there is in fact a goal that you're trying to accomplish versus if you are working because you don't want to deal with whatever else is going on in your life?
0: Yeah. You know, that's, that's so interesting. I think that it's like, there's a competition between success and happiness, right? And it's almost like, it seems like it gets in the way. Like I'm, I'm working, I'm working and that makes me happy. And this whole like other part of life joy stuff is just like a nuisance. I think it really is, you know, about checking in with yourself to, and getting in touch with knowing, what it is that you're feeling and that is easier said than done but I do think like if we can get in the habit of saying where am I today in terms of my well-being but I'm going to explain that in a second um then I think that we can then it's about pinpointing like okay what is causing me to like be good or not good right and so when I think about what does that mean? I think probably the most complicated question of 2020 was like, how are you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) How do you think I am?
0: (laughs) I don't know how to answer the question, but not good.
1: (laughs) Right? Oh, man.
0: But to be able to put words to it or something, a rating to it is actually really important. And it actually helps us communicate better, right? And so one of the things that I've been doing is actually... How helping people with language in both like their personal life and even in a corporate space? Like, so how do you talk to your manager about not doing well? And I like to use a simple one to 10 rating scale. And I'll just say briefly, so like a 10, do you think about wellness as your overall well-being? As in how protected do you feel against distressors in your life? So as a Black person, we need a certain level of protection, like a force surrounding us to be able to deal with the daily things that come at you every day, right? Like your kids going to act up, your partners don't act up, your person at work that you can't stand going to act up, like all of these things are going to happen. It might be raining, like, but you need a certain level of, to be able to interact with the day. Right. And so when, and I think about like, think about it as this ball of energy that you carry inside of you. And so when that ball is at a 10 and it is glowing bright and shining, you are your best self. So you can conquer the world. Your business is on fire. You're thinking of new ideas. You're, you know, supporting the movement, you know, you're doing everything and you're using your gifts. Um, You have full access to your gifts and talents, right? That's great. When you're at a seven, that's like, I mean, I'm okay, but I probably, you know, I'm I'm not gonna cook dinner tonight, but like I will order from DoorDash. Mm-hmm. Yep, been there. I will. I'm gonna have a glass of wine, and then I'll be ready for the next day. You know, like you can you can do something and recover. You are Out right. of five, I like to call five. My everybody got one more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. It, sometimes I just at that one more, I just go into my my room and close the door because. <laughs> No, you're not even going to get a chance to do the one more.
0: <laughs> it's like, you know what? I'm here, but seriously, one more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody say yeah. something. It's over. And then at a three, it, that, is, that is actually when you're experiencing pain. So this is when you literally are having a hard time interacting. You might be feeling, you might be crying, very angry, whatever emotion that comes up, but you're feeling it very intensely. You're probably having a hard time getting out of bed. You might have called out of work, might not have because you know how our folks do be going anyway. But that is like a level of, of pain and distress. And then all the way down to a one is like questioning the will to live, right? Like none of, this, none of this matters. Like I can't get up in the morning. I have nothing. If I take one step outside, I will be scorched and burned by the sun. Right. And so when I ask folks, like, where are you, like, how do you feel? And I think one good thing is to check in with yourself and say, where are you on a one to ten? Right. And if you're in like, that answer helps you figure out how to interact with your day. Right. And so if you're out of five, like, what does that mean? Right. Like knowing, being intentionally saying I'm out of five, is that the day you should go into the contentious meeting at work and, and, you know, and, and get into a debate with somebody about something. Right. And it's not about them. It's about you have to protect yourself. So out of like, 100% 100% top priority should be protecting your mental health and your well-being. And when you know where you are, like you can't control what the environment will do to you, right? But you can be intentional about how you intentionally use your energy and what situations you put yourself in so that you can preserve yourself. And then I say anytime you're below a seven, your goal is to do things that bring you moments of joy to help you boost yourself back up. And so that's kind of how I think about it. Like it is you, it's like, mm, today's a five. Like I gotta be doing some stuff today, right? Like I need to be doing my happy things. And I really I think you make a long list. Like, what are the things that make me happy? Right. And just start doing them until until you start feeling better. Right. And I say that if you spend a two week span of time. And actually doing things. So like some people don't actually do anything and they just sit in in pain for that time, right? But if you are actually trying and you have no improvement in two weeks, that's when you need to to connect with a therapist. And that is a sign that like, okay, like something else, like this is when you need some support.
1: Okay. I love that you've given us a tool and a mechanism that we can use to check in with ourselves to see why am I doing X? Am I driving myself to work so hard because I really don't have any other tools to cope? And I think you've given us a whole framework to use there because these are times where we actually need them. So Dr. Ty, you've given us so much to think about today. And I, I know this is an episode people are gonna listen to over and over again, but if anyone out there feels like I could really use some prolonged nearness to Dr. Ty because I, I need to see her every week,
0: how can they make that happen? Where can we find you? Yeah, absolutely. So online, theblackgirldoctor.com. So the website, we have a, we have a team of Black women psychologists. I work in the practice as well as, you know, I'm running the business to offer therapy. We're actually getting ready to launch a group wellness coaching program. So that might be something folks are interested in that want to actually have accountability for finding joy every day and having strategies and some support around that. Yeah, it's also on Facebook and Instagram at The Black Girl Doctor. So very simple. If you folks can also feel free to DM me or shoot me an email.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much, Dr. Tai. I really appreciate all the knowledge you shared
0: with us today. Thank you so much for having me and I'm wishing you wellness every single day. Thank you. Hi Offscripters. I'm so glad
1: you made it to the end of this episode. If you enjoy listening to our show, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network. Between episodes, you can find me on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript, or you can catch up on past episodes at She'sOffscript.com. See you on the next one.